Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, people, it's time to get up because we are live again. So no matter what's going on in your life, just remember... For the next hour and a bit, you just got to sit back, kick back, relax, and let us just entertain you in the masses. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ray Rout. As always, I'm going to be with my boy, producer Mike. Ladies and gentlemen, the Dear Passionation Podcast is brought to you in partnership with RayRoute.com and the Dean Blundell Network over at DeanBlundell.com. Let's get this show started. Welcome to the Dear Pats Nation Podcast. What's up? What's going down, my friend? Not too much, buddy. I'm in a good yeah. mood tonight. Just rock out a bit. Yeah. Let's just nice. let's just bob the head. Let's just. Oh yeah. Here it comes. Beautiful. It's a little air guitar. Can't see on the screen, but air guitar is the best. Hell yeah. Air guitar is the best. What's going on, Michael? How are you? Oh, not too bad, man. Long day, ready to talk some football, unwind a little bit with you guys. Let's do it. Hey, it's a good day for me, and I have no, like, I didn't, the last thing I wanted to do was talk about football today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good right, news for me, maybe bad news for everybody else, including you. Eh, brace for impact. Brace for impact. Um. All right. Patriots wide receiver room. Yeah, buddy. Thornton in, Harry out, you know, all that kind of good stuff. Um, So I think that we all kind of knew this, but we didn't really get into a big discussion. The Patriots have declined Nikhil Harry's fifth-year option. Uh, Comes to a surprise to nobody. Shocking. This is my shocked face. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure you didn't see it coming. No, I I saw the news this morning, actually, and I'm like, unbelievable. I was just like... First of all, I thought it was like, yeah, yesterday was the deadline, right? Four o'clock. Yeah. And um, no, I thought the fifth year option already had to be no, exercised. Was, in fact, it might have been today by four o'clock. I'll be honest with you. Because I know that yesterday at four o'clock is the day that you can sign free agents and they won't affect your comp picks. Yeah. That's why they're expecting some players like uh trey flowers and trey flowers and them tyron to sign you because yep. yeah it would never i mean tyron matthew right away signs with the saints right we will be talking about that in a minute let's let's go back in time sure 2019 patriots are coming off a super bowl championship uh in one of the lowest scoring super bowls in recent history 13 to 3 defensive game yep julian edelman was mvp <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy to think about that game. People said that it was all because of Brady. The Patriots defense had nothing to do with the game. Brady got his sixth. Brady carried the team in the Super Bowl. And then we all kind of knew 
eh, the wide receiver position was in a little bit of trouble. Danny Amendola, the angry little elf, had gone to Miami. Yep. Uh, Chris Hogan was still around, but he suddenly just fell off a cliff uh, that next season. Yeah, he had that chest injury and just kind of never, never was the same after that for them. Nope. There was a time in 2019, one game, one magical Sunday in Miami when the New England Patriots trotted out a healthy, sober Josh Gordon, a healthy Julian Edelman, a contributing Philip Dorsett. Mm hmm. And a fully uniformed Antonio Brown. Unbelievable. Patriots laid an absolute beating on Miami. I think that that then started the streak of like, was it like two straight games of shutouts or like they didn't let up a touchdown? I know the Patriots didn't let up a touchdown for like the first four games of the season or something like that. And yeah. So those first, I believe it was the first three games because they demolished the Steelers. Like I'll never even forget that game because they came out and just blew doors. If you remember, the Bills scored the first touchdown against them in the second half of the fourth game. Mm-hmm. And it was, I think, off a fumble, if I'm not yep. mistaken. It was off. A, it was off. And I think it was like off like a muffed punt, too. Like, I don't even think it was like an offensive mistake. It came off a fumble. Yep. And it was the only touchdown that uh, that the that the, the Bills scored. In fact, uh, Josh Allen left that game because Jonathan Jones whacked Josh Allen in the head. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember the beginning beginning of that season vividly. Yeah, I remember that game. I remember thinking like, oh, this is where it goes. You know, we go to Buffalo. You know, the little streak ends here and kind of, you know, this is this is where, you know, the real season will start after this. But no, they just beat beat the hell out of Buffalo after that. Yeah, and then they beat the hell out of a lot of teams after that. I mean, 9-0. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the Patriots play week three with a now injured Julian Edelman, who got injured in that Miami game. They cut, Brown, or, uh, they cut Antonio Brown. Josh Gordon started playing disappearing acts in the locker room by this point. Yep. Did last a few more weeks. Trade for Muhammad's. There. He was there until week week nine. I remember they put him on the IR until a certain point of the season where he would become a free agent and wouldn't go, uh, wouldn't hit uh, waivers so that somebody in the, the, they didn't want somebody in the AFC to pick him up. Yep. So they make the trade for Mohamed Sanu. It doesn't go well, but don't worry because all of a sudden (laughs) the New England Patriots. First round draft pick Nikhil Harry is activated from the IR and he is ready to take the NFL by storm. Oh, not even by storm, dude. They were they were talking him up like he was the next coming of uh Randy Moss. Yeah, Randy Moss mixed he's with big. Des Bryant. Yep. He's strong. He's not the fastest, but yeah. he can moss you. He's gonna win every 50-50 ball out there. Yeah. Don't even need Gronk. Don't even need Gronk. We have a better version of Gronk on the field. He has a couple end arounds. Patriots lose the bye on the last game of the season at home against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, the Patriots lose, I think, like 13 to 12 or something stupid in the yeah. wild card game against uh, Tennessee. And uh, Tom Brady leaves, goes, wins the Super Bowl. Nikhil Harry, it's okay. Cam Newton says, this boy's going to be good. 
He's not. Mac Jones comes in. <laughs> Nikhil Harry fields a punt with his face <laughs> after requesting a trade. And now here we are, 2022. <laughs> the Patriots have drafted Tyquan Thornton, who we'll get to in a few minutes. Yes. They trade for Devontae Parker, signed Kendrick Bourne last season. Jacoby Myers, who was signed as an undrafted free agent the same year that Nikhil Harry was drafted, gets tendered, comes back. Uh, two years straight, the number one target for Patriots quarterbacks. Yep. What happened to Nikhil Harry? Like, let's really discuss this. What happened to Nikhil Harry? Oh, geez. That, that is such like a mystery to sort of unravel. And I've, it's, the Boston media has actually been trying to responsibly dissect this the last couple of weeks, which is interesting. And the, the, the best line I heard from some people on, uh, I forget the analyst names on Zoe and Bertrand was basically like, he didn't have the mental fortitude to like stick with the Patriots program necessarily. And that was his downfall or, or like the beginnings of his downfall was he just did not necessarily have the mental makeup to be a Patriot. So let's discuss what is the mental makeup? Like what did Nikhil Harry not have that other players who are successful here have? Now that that's an interesting question because a, because it's okay. if I can just yeah. finish that point when you ha, analysts say well he didn't have the mental fortitude didn't have the mental makeup well what is the mental makeup right like to me it's a cop out answer right mm -hmm. well he doesn't it's like that wow he you know he's he he you know he's a he won't fit the Patriots way he's not a Patriot why you know what I mean like we've heard that about free agents well he's not a typical Patriot what is a typical Patriot Gronk. You know, it's, big goofy Gronk who admitted he's never memorized the playbook, which I um, think was was kind of BS. But yeah, I do too. I think Gronk's Gronk's full of 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 shit. I I wrote today that he's a footnote in Tom Brady's history. I saw that. Yep. I Are upset taking people. the high road. <laughs> I upset people. Well, what like what is it? like we've seen? So is it Aaron Hernandez? Ooh, shots fired. No, but is it is it Randy yeah. Moss? Is it Wes Welker? Is it Julian Edelman? You know, is it Kyle Van Noy? Is it Matt Judon? Is it Michael Bennett? Like, there's been so Martellus Bennett. I apologize, Michael yep. was here, but he didn't last. Yeah, like, there's he been didn't so have many the makeup either. So, uh... there's been so many different personality types on this team that I'm like, you know, everybody talks about like, well, no, the Patriots are serious. So I'm like, have you met Gronk? Like, have you seen Gronk? Have, like, since he's been a rookie? Like, what? Oh, yeah, mucho fiesta. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. what is the mental makeup of a Patriots player? And what did all these guys who had success in New England have that Nikhil Harry just doesn't? Because the, the, the Brady excuse is gone, right? right? Because we used to talk about the inner circle. Well, Gronk was really successful because Brady wanted to throw him the ball. Julian Edelman was really successful because Brady wanted to throw him the ball. Josh Boyce talks about Brady, you know, basically boxing him out and not giving him the chance to be a receiver. But yep. Brady admitted on the Howard Stern show that he used to tell Belichick, don't bother putting that guy in there because I'm not throwing him the football. Like Brady, Brady would ice guys off the field the same way Peyton yep. Manning would. Um, when you're a great quarterback, you can do that. I think it's bullshit, but you can do that. All the power to you. But Cam Newton tried to make 
Nikhil Harry work. So then you can make the argument, well, Cam Newton sucked, fine. But then Mac Jones tried to make Nikhil Harry work. You know what I mean? Like he was a rookie. He was not icing anybody. He was going to throw the football to whoever was open. What like yeah. so when we talk about this mental fortitude, mental makeup, what is the difference? Now it's and it's funny that you mentioned that, A, because I've been so fed up with the Boston media slash radio, I just kind of shut it off before they even, you know, identified the segment or completed the segment because I don't know if I necessarily agree with it either. You and I have talked about I think the Patriots, one of their glaring issues at wide receiver has been their coaching. And I'm not going to blame Josh McDaniels. It's It lies with position coaching, and it, and it does lie with, yes, putting it, putting them in the best scenario. But, hey, I don't think you're necessarily identifying the best talent, but then you're not doing the best to coach it up. I think every once in a while you'll have an example of a Jacoby Myers who takes it into their own hands to, you know, fulfill their own destiny. So... If that's what you're looking for, that's not necessarily setting players up to succeed either. Does that make sense? It does. Well, and, and I think that there, there's a couple of different things in play there. I'm going to go back to your example, which originally when you put it on the table, I kind of rolled my eyes at you. And I still kind of do, but for this, for what I'm going to say, it actually totally ties into what you say. But you're like, hey, Kendrick Bourne's on Instagram posting workout videos and Nikhil Harry's showing off his crib and he's got a box of pizza in his hand and he's showing his new kicks and his new stuff and all the things he's buying with all this, you know, first round rookie money that he really hasn't earned. I mean, I think Jerry Thornton put out today, um, you know, the Belichick's decline or, or the Patriots declined the option. I guess Belichick decided that 12 catches in 12 games wasn't worth $12 million. Um, you know what I mean? Yep. Does, you know, Julian Edelman took it upon himself to be a part of the inner circle, moved to California to sit, you know, to live beside Tom Brady, right? Pestered him to play catch, built that relationship, and then became a trusted source for Tom Brady. And then he executes on the field. I think one thing, too, that we've seen from Nikhil Harry is not execute when he's had the the opportunity. We all remember that game against the Colts last year where the ball's in the air, and we're all sitting there like, Move yeah, for the ball, you, swat the you, ball, jump yeah. up, do something. Don't just watch it get intercepted. You know, exactly, like you, yeah. you did nothing. Um, you, you know, it's like a lack of awareness on the field. It's a lack of confidence. It's a lack of try. Um, you're clearly falling out of favor on the team. So you respond by not showing up to, you know, voluntary or voluntary OTAs, which is fine. It's voluntary, but everybody's there. Devonte Parker's there. Like the big boys are there. Nelson Aguilar's shooting pictures in his, right. in his locker room. We've seen Parker's picture. We know Mac Wilson is there. He just met with the media today. So all it, these new Patriots are there, but let's exactly. just specifically the receiving and offense is there learning this team and you elected to sit at home in your crib, work out exactly. independently, work out by yourself, go with your guy in Arizona and not join the team. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna add one person there, right? And imagine if John U. Smith sat out OTAs, what the criticism of him would be right now. So instead of giving him a second chance, which I think most of New England is ready to do at this point, if he didn't show up to OTAs, 
people would be, you know, lining up to put another nail in his coffin. I totally right? agree. Well, I mean, but that was one of the things that people were talking about midseason, right? Well, this is the guy who didn't show up to OTAs. It's the guy. Then we find out it's because his wife was like weeks away from being pregnant. And right. he basically, his family was like isolating from everybody because they didn't want to catch COVID because then he couldn't have been in the hospital. And I just, you know, I just had somebody at work who went and had a baby. And that's basically what they did. Like the husband, like didn't go to like went to work, but stayed away from people. They saw nobody because if one of them would have tested positive, he's not allowed in the room, and she's all by right. herself. So basically, came out and said that's why I didn't. This year, baby's born, nobody's pregnant. They're in the you know they're they're there, right? He's he's there exactly. and he's working out. So I I totally agree with you. But people did use it. Um, I think for me with the whole Nikhil Harry thing not showing up is. We started making a deal out of it when Tom Brady didn't show up to voluntary OTAs. Well, I don't have to be there. Well, but then you don't want to throw the ball to a receiver. So you don't want to build the relationship. You want to handpick who you want to build the relationship with, and you'll figure that out at a training camp. And, well, if some guy's behind, well, too bad. You're not in the inner circle, right? But you know what? Tom Brady was at a stage of his life that he didn't have to show up anymore. And I mean, I think he showed this showed up until like 2016. He showed up to every voluntary OTA. Yep. Um, he was at a stage of life. He's like 38, 39, almost 40. And he's like, I don't have to do this anymore. Like, I don't have to show up to voluntary OTAs. Nikhil yep. Harry, Has you're to. in the fourth year of your career. You requested a trade. Nobody's going to want to trade for you. Maybe the Patriots get like a seventh round pick and somebody brings you up for depth and you'll probably be cut at some point of the season. And you'll bounce to eight different teams this year who just need a warm body because of injury. And you decide, even you know, even if it, you want it out of the Patriots, you're not Bobby Wagner, like no. who had you know who sat out of Seattle, like making a point until he got traded. Like, yeah, dude, like he, Bobby Wagner had a pedigree. You've got no pedigree. You're the guy who fielded a punt with your face. You're a guy who's a failed first round pick. You should be there, whether you're going to be a Patriot or not. Show the world. Hey, exactly. I'm a professional athlete and I'm going to act like it because you've done nothing on the field for people to look past this prima donna attitude. Exactly. And th- and that's one of my biggest issues. Go- so going back to defend myself on the, you, you know, in the Instagram, you know, social media aspect a little bit is don't, don't think for a minute somebody in the Patriots organization isn't looking at these little things, right? To try to poke him, to try to motivate him, to see what, again, his kind of mental... Fortitude, makeup, is. Mike's headphone died. So he's saying, they're they're not trying to probe him like, hey, what is your mental makeup? What is your fortitude? Are you a patriot? Can you buy into the patriot's way? Am I going down the, the route you were going? Yeah, yeah, I think you got you got me there. And just again, little things like that. And you mentioned no pedigree. And listen, we've made the excuses for Nikhil Harry dozens of times. You know, they probably plan to redshirt him because of uh circumstances he ended up having to play. Then second year he gets hurt. Third year he gets hurt. This year, I think he had a concussion at one point or another. You know, he, he got hurt in the Colts game. Yeah, he does make some high impact, you know, good catches, but not nearly enough to justify a first round draft pick. You that's like a seventh round draft pick that plays special teams that you bring in once in a while. Um, this kid doesn't even have like a six hundred yard season to point to to go like, 
What went wrong after that? We'll take a flyer on him for a seventh round draft pick. Six, yeah, he doesn't have a four hundred yard season. The point right. that I think exactly. his highest season was what two hundred and eighty yards or something like that. Like, yeah, some something like that. So just to your point of, there's no there's no pedigree in there unless you go all the way back to college at this point, and it's like, dude, you've been in the league four years, you know? Yeah, no, I, I I'm on the same page as you, and I I think that. Again, I'm not, I'm not, I don't follow the mentality of he doesn't have it to be a Patriot or doesn't have the fortitude to be a Patriot because I think that that's long gone. I have sort of tongue in cheek, but seriously joked who was really the asshole in the locker room, Belichick or Brady, because Belichick's a different guy with Brady gone. And we're still seeing Brady have his little, you know, knockouts and freakouts on the sideline. Be like, whoa, did you see Brady celebrating, you know, on the boat? Yeah. Go look at some of the the boat per, the, the the duck boat parades, right? There's there's also a big difference in being in Tampa, Florida on the water than there is to being freezing cold in Boston. You know what I mean? Yeah. On, a, on a duck drinking boat. beer shirtless. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it, it's you know, he trust me, Tom Brady had fun winning the Super Bowl. I, I oh I'll, yeah, I bet you. Yeah, winning's um, fun. No, it's very fun. So it it fixes everything. So yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think Nikhil Harry is forget the whole bust piece right now he could have carved himself out as a hard worker he could have carved himself out as a guy who can maybe make a red zone catch um and you know that the Patriots just over evaluated put more belichick blame on belichick than you do on harry but at this point it's like dude you're not even trying and i don't care like i will i will make that argument you're not even trying to get better and be better all right we need to move on um got seven more subjects to get to and we're 20 minutes in uh, the New Orleans Saints are signing all pro safety Tyron Matthew. He finally has a team. Uh, it's funny. People are, were surprised that it took this long for him to sign a contract. However, we know the market for safety is always like this. Yep. Um, but he's he's now joined New Orleans. Now, they are Sean Paytonless, but they re-signed Jameis Winston. We're not sure when he's going to be ready to be back, right? Like, we don't right. know when the ACL is going to be back. But... Um, we know they got Michael Thomas. We know that what they did in the draft. Now adding Tyron Matthew to what was already a pretty good defense. How do you evaluate the Saints team in, in that in that NFC? I mean, because I looked at the, the the Buccaneers just running that entire division, but now I'm kind of looking at the Saints team and going like, and it's not just Tyron Matthew. He was just kind of like a, a collection of these players going like, this is a very talented team that they have. Yeah, and we, we've definitely mentioned this in the past. I think the Saints get overlooked a lot without Drew Brees, and I know you do as well. So I think, again, it's it's the football community as a whole. The defense has always been kind of scary, very good, and kind of flown under the radar a little bit. And I think depending on where they're at with quarterback, like you mentioned, we're going to see Michael Thomas for the first time in two years. He should be rested and fully ready to play, I would hope. And then Chris Oleve, I think, is going to fit that offense perfectly if they can bring in Jameis Winston. I'm not sure, you know, what his instant impact will be with, um, you know, a rookie quarterback or, you know, kind of a, a backup veteran uh, potentially. But again, I think even without Sean Payton, they'll they'll stand a good chance of at least making a wild card, I don't know that anybody can still really compete compete with Tampa for, for the one spot in that division. Although they've always had Tom Brady's number in that division while he's been in Tampa. So that's an interesting thing. 
and I totally agree with you that people have been overlooking me since Drew Brees has been gone. Um, it's I, I'm I'm sick of being overlooked in the in the in the football world. Uh, Should have been drafted. Well, again, 18 straight years. I'm not drafted. I'm very like I'm I'm I've been making myself eligible for years. I keep getting passed upon. At this point, I'm giving up on Bill Belichick. To be honest with you, like it's, un- it's unbelievable. Honestly. Dude, you let you let me down. You let me down, Bill. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Instead anyway. of Cole Strange, it, sh- it should have been the route draft. Yeah, should have been. I, I would have gone. I would have signed 29th overall money. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. If you're New Orleans, are you, are you going to call Pittsburgh for Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph? Mm. I mean, they're not going to. I mean, I think it's going to come down to Pickett and Trubisky. I think Mason Rudolph no longer has a position on that team. To be real with you, can, can I be real with you? I think if Kenny Pickett's the real deal, and I, I, am, there's something inside of me that wonders if Pittsburgh feels like they got a steal at twenty because they thought the Falcons or Carolina would take him. I think this kid is ready to start. If it's a, if it's a good competition. This spring and, you know, going into the summer, I could see them trading Mitch Trubisky and people are going to say, what? They just got him. Like, listen, if you know you got the guy, okay, even though you didn't think you get him, a la Mac Jones, Cam Newton, play him, play him. And, and I'm sure the Saints could make an enticing offer. That's fine. I don't yeah. think it's the same situation, though. Okay. Mitchell Trubisky went to Pittsburgh wanting to start. Yeah, but knew, and he said it himself, knew he was going in to a quarterback battle. Like he knew that his spot wasn't secure. They paid him ten million dollars. Yeah, it's not like they gave him like they gave him less money than the Patriots gave Cam Newton his second year, right? They gave him fifteen. Cam Newton thought he was starting for the Patriots, and then lost his job to Mac Jones. I think a lot of us thought Cam Newton was starting, even by the way that they they used him in in uh, the preseason, right? Yeah, I think they thought he was starting until that preseason practice with the Giants, and yeah. Bill Belichick couldn't ignore it anymore. I, I think regardless, Mitchell Trubisky's on that team, whether he starts or not, and I think he'd be okay backing up. And I think that he's a, he's a veteran. I mean, five yeah. years in the league now, six years in the league. He's been a backup. I mean, he's not going to be a distraction with Josh Allen, but I don't think he's going to be a distraction in, in Pittsburgh. He doesn't seem like the type of guy who would. And I think Trubisky, uh, there's a part, listening to his interviews, there's a part of me that believes Trubisky has accepted that he could be a Ryan Fitzpatrick. Where you're, gonna he's going to play for a bunch of different teams. Yep. He's going to be a backup. He's going to be a starter. It's going to flip flop. You know what I mean? And um, he's going to kind of carve himself out. And I don't, I don't know. Based on the way I'm hearing, I don't know if he's got a problem with it. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. And honestly, I just looked at the Saints depth chart. I forgot they signed Andy Andy Dalton, so they have a serviceable serviceable backup if Jameis isn't there. Um, at this point, I'd rather take a shot at Mason Rudolph than Andy Dalton. He was I mean, awful that, in Dallas. Awful yeah, in Dallas. That's that. That's fair. That's fair criticism for sure. But um, back to the Saints. Yeah, it's it, it's going to be interesting. It's it's going to be interesting to see what happens down there. And you know, like you said, I I think Mitch Trubisky. To your point, 
he probably has accepted at this point he's Ryan Fitzpatrick, even though I think he did get a, an unfair shot with Matt Nagy. I think Matt Nagy did not do him any favors there, and I think you know the Bears personnel staff didn't do him any favors there. The dude won a playoff game, and they basically threw him away. You know, same you know same thing as Baker Mayfield. You know, different team obviously, but we see this every once in a while, I guess. I Good agree. Pool. Baker's job was never in jeopardy until they brought in Deshaun right. Watson, where, I mean, you lost your job to Nick Foles, let's face it, yeah, right? Um, meaning Nick Foles outperformed you at some mm-hmm. point, and you lost your job. So I don't think it's all on Nagy. I think some of it's on the Bears. I think that the development of Mitch Trubisky is on the Bears, but I think that because of that development, he is what he is. You know what I mean? The only way yes. he's going to develop is if he gets to – a bucks where Bruce Arian is still present and he t- takes him aside and becomes the, the quarterback whisper and works with him or, you know, yes, I would even argue like go to the Raiders and back up Derek Carr and get coached by Josh McDaniels, who has developed Tom Brady, who's developed Mac Jones. You know what I mean? Like is a guy who's, who can develop a Mitch Trubisky. Uh, that, that's what he would have to do. They don't have Sean Payton anymore in New Orleans, which is too bad because he probably would have been a good guy to go to go learn from. However, if if Trubisky ends up in New Orleans, don't you know? Don't fool yourself. He'll be getting some calls from Drew Brees. He'll be getting some work sessions from Drew Brees. You know what yeah. I mean? Like so. But yeah, no, I think he's a Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, listen, AJ Brown is now an Eagle, and and I'm going to tell you. There was so much happening in the draft. Marquise Brown gets traded to Arizona. We're kind of discussing that. Just as we're discussing that, I think the Titans take a receiver. And 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 then we hear A.J. Brown's been traded to the Eagles. And I think at one point, I'm like, are we just going to gloss over that A.J. Brown has been traded to the Eagles? Like one of the best player, one of the best receivers in the NFL has just been traded away. Um, yeah. And we didn't. We didn't discuss it. Like that was our discussion. I was like, are we going to gloss over? And you guys started it, talking about something else. It was, it was honestly so overwhelming. And yes, I'm the big, I'm one of the biggest nerds in the planet. I went back and listened to like that three hour, you know, bunch of shenanigans. And I, and I was actually thinking about it today. Cause again, like a nerd, I went back and looked over every team's, you know, draft moves. And we were talking about the day before nobody's going to move up. There's not going to be any of these seismic, all we were doing was talking about trades all we did was talk about trades and aj brown to the eagles in concert with the draft that they had and again going back to the discussion of you know does dallas still have their division what two days before that a couple days before that yep the eagles didn't just make a leap they took a rocket to mars and they're like yeah we're we're we blew past you guys we're ready to go here was something else that interests me, and I agree with you. They're a good team. A.J. Brown believes that Jalen Hurts was putting the bug in the Eagles' ear to get him. That's what he told the media. I heard this too, yep. And it made me sit back and kind of think, and being a New England Patriots fan, <laughs> where we've heard that the quarterbacks don't have a lot of say in in who they get to bring in, and, and that's why he loved Tampa Bay, because he got shirtless Antonio Brown, right? They listened to him. They they got broken Gronk and, you know, and now they're <laughs> whatnot. Yep. But it also made me sit back and think, man, the Eagles have to have a lot of faith in this kid if they're going to make moves, and a big move to, to that. If they're going to make moves, 
to get him pieces that he wants. Yeah, and so one of the other things to this point that I didn't know is they're tight. These two guys. He tried. Uh, Jalen Hurts tried to recruit AJ Brown to, I think, go to Oklahoma. Yep. And uh, Brown decided to go elsewhere, but yeah, he was one of the guys. Hurts and him became friends when Hurts was trying to recruit him. And they throw every off season. Was he it did. Oklahoma or Alabama? I think it was Alabama. Maybe it's back when when before uh, Hurts. Before I think Hurts was still with Alabama when he was trying to recruit AJ Brown. Yeah, that could be. But I I, I totally buy this because again, they throw every off season. Supposedly, they vacation and their families spend time together. They're you know. You basically off field brothers. So it's like, yeah, hell, why not? Why not give up one of your, you know, crazy amount of first round draft picks to go get a receiver that your quarterback is comfortable with? The move made total sense for the Eagles. Total. So here's something that just came to my mind, but it ties into place. Sure. The trend of pairing quarterbacks is, is, or in running and wide receivers is continuing, right? It all started during the draft. The Eagles take um, uh, Jamar Chase to throw with to to pair him with Joe Burrow, college teammates with LSU, Waddle to Miami to be with to be with uh, Mac Jones to uh, Tua, or sorry Tua, yeah, uh, both, both, both were Alabama, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Devonta Smith to the Eagles, um. Him and Jalen Hurts to play with Jalen Hurts, and now AJ Brown, who they weren't college teammates, but they've been friends since college. Throw together every summer. Marquise Brown traded to Arizona to play with who else? His college quarterback Kyler Murray, where they had like I think a record-breaking season together. The way that those two unlit, so that trend continues, right? And and you're seeing it. So maybe it doesn't happen during the draft. Maybe it happens via trade two or three years later. But that trend of getting college quarterbacks and receivers together. I mean, unfortunately, all of Tom Brady's receivers are retired now, so the, <laughs> so the Bucks can't do that for him. But They're trying yeah. desperately to get Julian Edelman out of retirement. We're gonna get to long. that in a minute. It's one of our Patreon questions, so let's yeah. let's hold off on that. Got a lot to say about that. If anybody saw me on Twitter today, I got a lot, a lot to say about Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> Shocking. Shocking. But yeah, I want to say, you know, good on the Eagles, right? Because yeah. Jalen Hurts, what, his first full year as a starter and gets him to the playoffs. They get beat up by the by the Bucs. I guarantee you, Belichick wasn't chatting with Matt going, what about Tyquan Thornton? You know what I mean? Like, no. it's Because if he would have, it probably would have been John Mechie. Let's face it, right? Like I, you know, I think that conversation may have happened. Although I, I still maintain I think Nick, uh, Nick Casario drafted him early on purpose, but maybe. But we don't know anything, no, right? Like today, no. I was reading on Twitter. I think it was Mike Girardi that put it out that he'd spoken to a bunch of uh, executives, and there was like six teams that had Cole Strange forty on their list. Like he was going to go yeah. between like thirty-eight and forty. So I, the Patriots taking yeah. him at 29 isn't actually that big of a reach because they either would have had to trade up into like 34 or 35 or you take him at 39. It's only really like six spots. I think Belichick had some good intel in this draft because they took Cole Strange early. Again, position and need. Uh, I've softened on that pick tremend- tremendously. In fact, I'm really starting to like it. And then he trades up a couple of spots for a guy who was supposedly going to go in like the third or fourth round just as a wide receiver 
uh, Gambit is starting. No, I think I think Belichick had some good intel going into the draft. We do. I mean, he trades up against Thornton, and we go three consecutive receivers after that, right? Yep. Like all of a sudden, so I think he found out. Yeah, these teams are all taking receivers. They're like, okay, we got to get up. Out of the guys left, who do we like the most? You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. All yeah. right, get up and get Thornton. Otherwise, you're ending up with with Trent Nixon or whatever the guy's name is, right? <laughs> Trey Nixon. Trey Nixon. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, though, back to your point, Eagles made a great move. Again, the trend continues, like you said, of pairing college uh, quarterbacks and wide receivers. And I think we've identified a new trend here. And this is the last thing I'll say on this is I think you're going to see more blockbuster trades of wide receivers that are on their fourth and fifth years to teams that can just exchange them for a new player and teams that are willing to pay for them that are in their window. Can I do you one better? Sure. I think we're going to see that with a lot of positions, not just wide receiver, including sure. the quarterback okay. position. Yeah, totally agree. I think it's I a think, new NFL. I I don't know if Lamar Jackson's going to be a Raven after this year. That's a hot take, but not 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 out of not out of the realm of possibility. I sure. really don't. I mean, I threw out this crazy take about three months ago as a joke. I saw a tweet that said, what is your craziest NFL take? And I saw Ben Volen actually tweet this out, and I thought, that's brilliant. I brought it here, and I asked you, what's your craziest take? You gave it to me, and I said, you want to hear mine? You said, sure. And I said, draft a quarterback every four years and never pay a quarterback. You know what and I mean? That, so, and Mac Jones, too. fourth year. You draft a quarterback, you exercise his fifth-year option, you let the guy learn behind Jones for the first year or for year five, let Mac Jones walk the next year, get your third-round comp pick, you got your next quarterback who starts the next year. Three years from now, from there, draft a quarterback and just do that. And I did it more as a joke. I'm like, it's funny. It's a, it's a crazy take. Ha, 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 ha. Yep. But I, I, I agree with you. I think that teams who are – you're going to see two things, teams that are in windows – or teams like the Jags who got a you know shit ton of money to work with they yep. want to be they want to instantly turn things around so they'll overpay for Christian Kirk because that's going to instantly turn around it's instantly going to give you know uh, our Some quarterback pop. what he needs and and you know we're going to be a better team next year totally agree with you i think it's wide receivers quarterbacks cornerback edge corner safeties edge players they're all they're all going to be dime a dozens they're going to just they're going to flip around and you're going to see total just total turnover year after year after year after year i think a solid position is probably tight end because i truly believe that the gap between like the sixth and seventh best tight end is huge between this you know to the eighth i agree i think i think i think crazy good quarterbacks like josh allen and patrick mahomes are not going to flip you know what i mean but a Mac Jones, if he's like a, a good, you know what I mean? Not great, but a good. I think any great quarterback will probably be a long-term quarterback for a team until they get a little bit older. Then they'll they'll ring chase and demand trades. Um, Matt Stafford. You, Matt Stafford, Russell Wilson. You know yeah. what I mean? Like as soon, as soon as things start going bad, they move now. I think you're going to see – so you're either going to have that or – Belichick's going to approach Mac Jones and be like, okay, listen, I can't give you $40 million a year. Right. 
I can give you twenty million dollars a year or twenty-two million dollars, whatever, right? Yeah, you're saying about but, two-thirds of the of the going yeah. rate. Yeah. But I'm gonna give you a 10-year contract and guarantee 80% of your money. That you know what I mean, yeah, like a Kirk Cousin Cousins-esque yes. style deal. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. And you know, we don't know if Mac is that guy, but I could see that being enticing for a guy of Mac's skill set, right? I just use that as an example, but I think that's what we're going to see. We're either going to see young quarterbacks going into their fifth or sixth year, like a Baker Mayfield, that are going to be looking for new teams. Because I think comparing Mac Jones and Baker Mayfield is a fair comparison, to be honest. It is. We talk this, it, it is a very and, fair. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that, you know, some of these, you know, and if you really want them, if that's your guy and you're like, you know what, I can build a team around Mac or I can build a team around Baker. I'm not going to give you Josh Allen money because you're not Josh Allen, but I'll give you this amount of money. I'm going to guarantee it all, and I'm going to give you an eight-year deal. So you've guaranteed money for eight years, but yeah, I'm only paying you $20 million a year. At the end of the day, you're maybe better off to do that than sign a 10-year deal with limited guaranteed money, get cut in three years when your salary cap is worth nothing, and then hit free agency. Exactly, and and what you're you're trying to boil down here is your limited skill set means I have to provide the defense with one more player or the offense with one more player or maybe one of each. So would you rather have that and be successful or would you rather try to max out your deal with an, another team? We'll leave it up to you. Yeah, That's it's going to be. Playing. Yeah, NFL economics is going to be very interesting over the last couple of years because you're just seeing, dude, we've never seen this much wide receiver movement, this much quarterback oh. movement in the last two years. Like, let's go back to 2020 and on. Mm-hmm. When Indianapolis went, or sorry, when uh, Indianapolis let Peyton Manning go and he went to Denver, that was like a yeah for everybody. Seismic, yes. Because that wasn't Brett Favre at the end of his career being, you know, losing his job to Aaron Rodgers and, you know, trying to stick it to the the Jets or to the Packers. This is Peyton Manning still playing at high, high levels who, because of a neck injury, missed a year, was able, and the Colts were able to get Andrew Luck. So that was, that was like, boom. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy, yep. To me, there's nothing compared to that until 2020 when Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay. Since then, we've seen Carson Wentz traded to the Indianapolis Colts. We've seen Russell Wilson traded to Denver. We've seen Marcus Mariota. Now, I know... I'm not, I know all these names are big, but first-round pick. We see Marcus Mariota traded to Atlanta. We see Matt Ryan traded to the Colts. Um, That's uh, another I, big one that flies under the radar, too, right? Like I'll kind of, I'll kind of throw away the Marcus Mariota thing. I think we've seen middling quarterbacks kind of be exchanged before, but Matt Ryan going to the Colts for basically a steal, right? Because the Colts yep. were willing to cut him a break or show him some respect is is really huge like that 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 is on the same caliber you're right i, I shouldn't just... put mariota in that comparison i was just comparing quarterback movement no i, I mitchell I know, Tra- I mitchell trubisky to pittsburgh you know what i mean like i don't remember and i still think that marcus mariota is a starting quarterback i really do i think yep. he's a hit away from his career being over i like his his elbow is legit a piece of glass uh, maybe a piece of crystal, maybe a little bit stronger, but if he gets hit, it's yeah, gonna it's, shatter. Yeah, he's a he is. Yeah, I think he, I think he's a legit starter. I don't think he's Patrick Mahomes. You know what I mean? Like, but I think he's a guy who can start. Baker Mayfield's gonna find a new team. Deshaun Watson demanded a trade and was traded away. 
know what I mean? Like, so we are now seeing, I mean, look, I know the caliber is not there. Cam Newton played for the Patriots. You know right. what I mean? Like, I didn't think Cam Newton was going to play anywhere else in his career. You know, nope. like I thought he'd retire a Panther. So, it, I mean, obviously the Panthers saw something <laughs> that a lot of other people <laughs> did. So good for them. But you know what I mean? Like all these guys, Sam Darnold going to the, to, to the, to the Panthers, like the Jets just giving up on him after what, four years, right? Like, well, this is another thing too. The league is saturated with quarterback talent. Now we've yes. never seen this either, where it's like next year, there's going to be a class of great quarterbacks. Where the hell are they all going to go? You're going to see teams with guys in the wings. They yep. go, hey, buddy, we know you're you're a starting caliber caliber quarterback, but we'll trade your ass for a first round draft pick because we got this guy. Jimmy Garoppolo is looking for a new team. Yeah, Baker Mayfield's looking for a new team. Matthew Stafford got a new team. Jared Goff got a new team. Right. I mean, you're talking about a guy who just won the Super Bowl with a new team, and a guy who brought that same team to a Super Bowl playing on a different team who's now playing on a team who could be competing in the NFC this year after the draft that they just had with the talent that they already had on the team and the coach that I believe that they have and and, because they want to play for Campbell. Oh, no, the the economics is is changing. And you know what else is going to change? The economics of the Patriots in the red zone, dude. So I had to. to, 44 minutes in. (laughs) Um, Four more segments. (laughs) include this is five <laughs> we've done three of the eight um uh, taekwon thornton everybody knows him for his speed right he's going to run in a straight line really fast yes sir um he's pretty strong with his pads on by the way if you watch some of his film like he can actually like knock guys over and get away from i watched some more today to kind of about what i said yesterday because i felt like i was a little harsh yesterday but yeah a I'll little you... a little all right a little lot but i was gonna screenshot something i love how like i was sorry i was listening to the replay this morning on the way to work and i mm. le- yesterday i legitimately repeated something that you said like mm. you said it about jacoby myers and i repeated it and you're like don't put words in my mouth and i'm driving to work and i'm like i just used your <laughs> words I'm like that's exactly what i'm listening to i'm like mike i, for- I, was, I, I was forget what you because i listened to it today too i forget what you said but it, it, i was a little ticked and i was like it wasn't that whole thing but it, like you were trying to make a point and i was trying to like make a hypothetical and we you're both like, kept like shit. We kept shifting goalposts, and I was you're like, like, "Don't put words in my mouth." Yeah. And I'm like, "It's." But I just repeated what you said. I just repeated your take. Just, I'm like, I, I legitimately all... used your words. So, so for everybody that thinks like these blow up into fights afterwards, like, see, this is me and Ray. We we take we take a breath, and we're like, "Wow, we were both kind of weird yesterday." Yeah, I had to listen to it today, and uh... I was still. I got mad listening to it though. I'm like, "Put words in your mouth." They repeated what you said. Anyways. Dude. anyways i repeated word for word what you said anyways moving on seven receiving touchdowns in the red zone most amongst big 12 wide receivers last year wow so we know red zone offense has been a problem for the patriots for quite some time we saw an improvement because of hunter henry he became a target down there uh, but this thornton kid could be another legit could be what we thought Nikhil harry was going to be in the red zone uh, Devontae Parker is a pretty good red zone target down there too. So yeah. Mac Jones may actually have three legit red zone targets to throw the football to this year. Yeah. Tyquan Thornton is going to be really interesting. And the reason I like this pick is, you know, kind of what I alluded to yesterday is he has all the upside, the downside, but none of the expectations. I think that 
like a Nikhil Harry does, expectations are still high because, again, the Patriots are still looking for that wide receiver that's going to become our number one, right? But he's not a first-round draft pick. And with the roster we have this year, I kind of alluded to it yesterday, it allows the current roster to shield him a little bit. So if he's not quite ready, he'll he'll get away with it. Um, I would have but, loved to spend more time on this, but we've legitimately taken up all our time. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. head on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash sports. You get to ask questions daily. You get to hang out every second Friday, which will be two Fridays from now. And today... Uh, we got two questions, one from Lord K, one from Alex. I'm going to start with Alex's first because Lord K is going to tirade me. Uh, Alex DeNeo says, who is the most diverse player in NFL history? When Mike is thinking about his answer, I will give you mine. Oh, man. There is only one player that I know of in NFL history who played professional baseball. I was just... <sighs> who won a playoff game as a quarterback and was on the roster of an NFL team as a tight end. Tim Tebow is the oh. most diverse player in NFL history. <laughs> Professional baseball, won a playoff game as a quarterback, and played for the Jacksonville Jaguars as a tight end and had one of the most massive blocks in tight end history. There is no player more diverse than Tim Tebow. That's set up. You had me thinking you were going in a totally different direction and you know, i love you for you're it. all thinking bo jackson you're all thinking Deion sanders who's probably the most diverse player in the history of football played yeah. wide receiver played corner played safety played baseball played everything i know nope, i went tim tebow i'm gonna leave it there mine is Deion sanders it's just one of the most electric players in all of football and i'll leave it there he was. He really, really was. And that was that's my actual pick as well. I just this was too set up for Tim T. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Lord K says thoughts on Gronk saying he'll return to the box only if Edelman signs with him. Julian seems like a lifer when it comes to the Pats, but would you really blame him if he decided to sign with them for a year? And then this will follow up directly for me, Mike. Would you have then have to rename your dog? First of all. I can't rename my dog. It's been two years. <laughs> it's, her name is Jules. I would say that it means Jules as in the gem. Um, No, I would not be mad at Julian Edelman for this very reason. I don't think there's a spot on this team for Julian Edelman. Um, yeah. There is nobody that he's going to go in and, at his age, in his condition, with his knee, that he's going to be an upgrade over. So, no, if he wanted to go and play eight snaps a game for Tampa Bay and hope that nobody hits his legs. I really wouldn't have a problem with it. And I think that, you know, he's been removed for two years. He's been nothing but a supporter of the Patriots since he's left, made a fortune off it too. He's such a great businessman, but um, he's been a great supporter of, of the Patriots cheered for the Patriots via Twitter throughout the, the entire season, you know? Um, no, um, and even during the draft, he was doing everything the Patriots were doing. He was talking about he's Foxborough forever. I'm I'm okay with him. Gronk. Yep. Oh, Gronk. Rob Gronkowski. I wish that Gronk would have been drafted by the Cleveland Browns because he would have been a nobody in four years. <laughs> he would have been hurt 
for three of those four years, he wouldn't have got the notoriety that he got in New England. He wouldn't have been to a bunch of Super Bowls, which, by the way, he was two and two in New England in Super Bowls that he played in. Yeah. In the greatest comeback in the history of the Super Bowl, Tom Brady relied on James White, Julian Edelman, Danny Amendola, and Martellus Bennett at tight end to win that game. Rob Gronkowski is a footnote in the majesty of Tom Brady's career. At this point, I don't know how any Patriots fan can sit back and still consider him a Patriot. He's done nothing but spit in Pat's nation's face over and over again. Yeah, he throws some money into charity in the city of Boston. That has nothing to do with the New England Patriots. That has nothing to do with the fan base. I don't live in the city of Boston, so I don't care what kind of charity he's put into the city of Boston. He's done nothing for Toronto, so I don't really care about his the money he puts in. The guy's a multimillionaire. It's fine. Donate it. I donate money. However, when it comes to football, when it comes to the Patriots, Rob Gronkowski is a footnote who has success because of Tom Brady. Because if you're going to turn around and be one of those people, because if you're a Gronk fan at this point, you are one of those people who turn around and say that Belichick was only successful because of Brady. So if you can turn around and say that Belichick is a bad coach and was only successful because of Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski was only successful because of Tom Brady. Because if he got drafted to any other team in the NFL, he would have had a six-year career. It would have been a nobody. Travis Kelsey became one of the most dominating tight ends in the NFL with Alex Smith as his quarterback. Alex Smith. Not Tom Brady. Gronk. I don't even want to talk about him anymore, to be honest with you. I'm done. When I think of the legends of Patriots players, you want to talk about the mental fortitude of a Patriots player? Rob Gronkowski, in my opinion, does not meet it. Anybody who's also going to turn around and say, you're not appreciating the greatest tight end of all time, Travis Kelsey's the greatest tight end of all time, first of all. but And I don't even say that out of bitterness. Travis Kelsey stays on the field and plays 16 now 17 games a year, and consistently has a 1,000-yard season. I think Gronk had three in his career, 1,000-yard seasons. And he did some of those with, with Alex Smith. I want to put that back on the table. It was not Mahomes that elevated. Right, right. That's a good point. Travis Kelsey. I hate saying that, too, because that's giving the Kansas City Chiefs credit. So I say that very cautiously because I agree that I think Travis Kelsey is just a machine. And as my hatred for the Chiefs has dissipated a little bit, as the Patriots have not been that big of a deal in the NFL anymore, and they're not really our rivals, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard not to like the guy. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's just, he's funny. He's pretty humble, to be real with you, he and is. seems like an ultimate good dude. He is, yeah. Um, as a Patriots fan, Gronk has spit in my face too many times, and he really has. And if you don't think Gronk has spit in your face, you're wrong. Gronk has spit in my face. Um. I've got nothing but love for Tom Brady. I know I was bitter in 2020. When he came back in 2021, I always say that was like the closure I needed. Um, nothing but love. I hope Tom wins another Super Bowl because the Patriots aren't going to do it this year. I hope Tom wins another Super Bowl. Get eight and just stick it to everybody. 
Hell. I'll also agree with all of you. For all of you, like, oh, Bill Belichick fanboy, because I know I, I can only imagine what the what the chat is saying right now. I can only imagine. I don't read it, guys. Just so you know, I don't read the chat. Mike does. I don't because I just can't handle you guys. Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time, and what he's done without Tom Brady is proof of it. Any other coach would have won one game with Cam Newton. Any other coach would not have gone to the playoffs with Mac Jones last year. However, Bill Belichick, the coach, is not the same as Bill Belichick, the general manager. Bill Belichick, the general manager, is not even in my top 15. So I want everybody to know that. And I think that I do have to start differentiating it now because they're two different people. Two different yes. people. Um, I will fight tooth and nail for his coaching. I can't for his player evaluation anymore. I just can't. I just can't do it. And for some reason, I feel like when they do hit on a guy, I feel like it's not him. Like it wasn't his evaluation. Like it was yeah. somebody else's. We made, we made the excuse last year that it was the collaborative effort and not Belichick, et cetera. Et cetera. I, I do. I think it was. And I told you, I don't think he's de facto general manager anymore either. Even though this felt like a really, this Belichick felt like a draft. Yeah. Bell Belichick draft. However, after you heard some of the things about Thornton and Strange, and you found out that those guys weren't that bigger reaches based on where they were going to go in other in, in real general managers' drafts, not like Mel Kuyper. Yeah, yeah. Who's not a general manager, has never been a general manager, is just, you know, um yeah, I can live with it. But the it's funny, the the room was different, right? Again, five guys standing in a circle. You know what I mean? Which means it wasn't Belichick all by himself going, let's do it. You know what I mean? Oh, no, was... he's pulling the puppet strings, one for each finger. No, 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 no. Because Belichick defended the strange pick. Or uh, Kraft, I mean, defended pretty harshly or like pretty vigorously. Like I know how people are saying, but we needed to assure that up. Like there was, I think that they had to give Kraft reasons why they were taking guys. Like I really think he did. No, I, I, I think you're right. And I think... It's funny. I don't think it's we usually say that Belichick goes by eye test for his guys. It yeah. sounds like they went pretty heavy analytics in this draft from what I'm hearing from people and what I'm reading is so basically they went the other direction. They were like, we don't care about what your eyes tell us. What do the numbers tell us? What is that? Uh, what's the score? The essay? Uh, it's, it's like the, the war score. It's, it's the war. It's the war. Warlick. Warlick or yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. The, there's some other acronym for it for football, but basically, no. They to give them the Warlick test. Oh, uh, are you talking no. analytics? Yeah. What's the other? We were talking about DVOA. No, no, DVOA no. war. I'll, I'll look it. I'll look it up while uh, wins after replacement. That kind of thing. Yeah, it was the one McChicken linked in the chat the other day. I'll I'll find it. Um, in fact, maybe at this point we can talk talk about it tomorrow. But do you know who it, has fantastic analytics? Lamar Jackson. Yes. I had to do it. Running back. Take a guess what his record is as a starting quarterback. Four years. Well, he didn't really start his first year, so. And he didn't really play his fourth year either. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll say two years, 16 games, 30, 37, and I don't know, whatever would be left over after 37 good for you he's 37 and 12 damn he's, he's I, I honestly didn't nothing i didn't look it up nothing he is 37 and 12 as a starting quarterback 
Um, so that's a winning record for anybody who can't do simple math. Um, I saw this tweet today. I can't remember who put it, but they tweeted out Lamar Jackson is 37 and 12 as a starting quarterback. And we're still asking if his style on offense can win. Does he need, like, is he the type of player? Does he need to win a Super Bowl for people to take him serious? Because I, I think I already take him serious as a quarterback, but do, do, does he need to win a Super Bowl or can we finally get off the Lamar hate train and just accept him for what he is a really good quarterback? I think he needs to win an AFC championship to not necessarily completely silence people, but at least keep the conversation reasonable. And we've had this discussion before where I was initially unfair to him this year, but he was hurt the majority of the year. So people who were saying he still didn't take a step, he didn't necessarily have the opportunity both because of injury and because of you know, limitations we've heard within that offense that they imposed upon him. So you need, we as fans need to kind of factor in some of this extra curricular stuff when we're really harsh to a guy again, that most people call a running back who's playing quarterback, which again, I joke about, but he is a good quarterback. Uh, by the way, thank you to everybody who has already tweeted at me about Gronkowski. I appreciate you. <laughs> you guys are quick. You guys are listening and tweeting at the same time. Appreciate nice. y'all. Appreciate y'all. I'm feeling the hate. I'm feeling the hate. I love it. Um, Ryan Tannehill was not informed that the Titans were drafting Malik Willis. Um, so if you're Ryan Tannehill, you're at home <laughs> chilling out, and you hear a guy who at one point was the favorite to be the first quarterback picked in the draft. How are you feeling Friday night when Malik Willis is drafted by the Titans? Like, how do you I'm, do that? How do you how do you respond to that if you're Ryan Tannehill? I'm gonna take the opposite route of this. So, if a hypothetical Ryan Tannehill calls the Titans GM and goes, "What the hell? You couldn't even tell me." You cue up the Family Guy meme that goes, "Oh my God, no one cares," and you oh. click. <laughs> oh my god nobody cares uh, ryan Tannehill does that or you just do that about ryan tan like it's no, just whatever no the, the gm does that to ryan Tannehill and says like text like, you text that back to him oh yeah. my god nobody cares <laughs> like i'm sorry even as an outsider looking in at this point like even if you're the biggest titans fan you can't be deluding yourself into ryan Tannehill is the answer for this team. In fact, the Tennessee Titans won the AFC last year. Like we're the best team in the AFC despite Ryan Tannehill being the quarterback yes, of that team. Exactly. Exactly. And it, you you had a team where you sacked Joe Burrow 76 <laughs> times in one game. Like legit, I sat back. I texted Mike. There's a there's proof of it out there. I texted Mike and said, "Did Burrow sleep with Vrabel's wife?" Okay, because that's yep. how bad he was just getting <laughs> annihilated by Tennessee, and you lost the game because Ryan Tannehill played like Ryan Tannehill. We saw playoff Tannehill in that game. And here's the other thing: for the questions you might have about Malik Willis. That's a great offensive line. Ryan Tannehill proves that any quarterback should be able to play behind that offensive line with Derrick Henry, with their running backs. Yeah, they're going to have some work to do at wide receiver. They got, but they got Robert Woods and Austin Hooper, so they're they're not in bad shape. 
Do you know what's amazing to me? What's up? I just talked about how the Patriots should draft a quarterback every four years so they never have to pay one. Yep. Tennessee gave Ryan Tannehill like a trillion dollars to be <laughs> their quarterback. <laughs> yes, they did. Yes, they did. Hey, if uh, you're if you're Mike Rabel, are you not just sick? Like you're not just sick to your stomach? Oh man, this is tough because that first year, remember we were all like, oh my god, Ryan Tannehill something. And then No, it's like, no, I wasn't. They beat the Patriots 14 to 13. Like was it that year or the year after? That was that year. He got the big deal the next year. Okay. Yeah, maybe. And I that mean, was they went on a magical run that they never should have. Yeah. They I went all did. the way to the AFC championship game, got stomped. I mind you, stomped by Kansas City and never looked and, and haven't looked the same since. And I'm going to put out there right now, Mike Vrabel, while he's coach of the year for a reason, he's a top three, four coach in the NFL. And he's the reason that they're able to be successful despite Ryan Tannehill being their quarterback. Yeah, I mean, it. The amount of injuries they dealt with last year, bringing in third, fourth string guys and still succeeding on defense and parts of the offense. And you've got a guy who's, again, making like 30 plus million dollars a year who can't throw to A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. Like, yikes, yikes. So I can't tell you how sick I am of talking about the Patriots draft. However, Cole Strange had his career best grades across the board last season, run blocking, pass blocking, and just a general overall grade from PFF. What are they? I don't know because I cleared my bookmarks on Twitter, so I don't have it anymore. But um, you said you're warming up to that that trade. Uh, I am too. I, I, I already said on Saturday that my initial reaction was a reactive call. Um, I think I even referred to him as a developmental lineman because that's what draft the draft network had had put down um fully admitting to every single person and i think everybody knew this i had no idea who cole strange was when they drafted him i think that's what irritated us is we had all these big names in our heads and they went with cole strange it wasn't like last year where i had christian barmore identified and mac jones Mike, identified Micah parsons and yeah, Micah yeah, yeah. parsons i had identified it wasn't like that you know what i mean like this was like a who the hell is called strange who the um, hell chaos taekwon thornton <laughs> i had the patriots drafting him in some a couple of my mock drafts but like in the fourth round right. um but i was okay with the trade like the, the actual trade for thornton didn't bother me as much as it bothered mike at the time <laughs> holy shit Oh, we're we're all like great trade. I hate it. <laughs> yeah, I can't like. I, just but again, again, yeah. reactive, Oof. reactive, yeah. reactive. I'm 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 opening up to the to the Cole Strange uh, draft. I think he's doing. I, I think he's gonna. He's he's a very good interior offensive lineman. Something, and I think Agreed. that's what I got to. The Patriots addressed all the needs that they needed to. An interior offensive line, in my opinion, was the second biggest need on the team. And I actually, I I put it ahead of cornerback. I just didn't think they were going to take an interior offensive lineman in the first round. Uh, You said you're warming up to it. I'll give you last word on Cole Strange. Yeah. um, Raz score was the uh, Uh, thing. The athlete, the athlete score. Yes. So isn't that the one where I scored like minus 10 when when Mario had to do it? that, That was the one that Mario had, had you take and 
There might be a reason. Uh, I think I scored. I think I scored like two and a half, or some two point <laughs> five, or something of that nature. I didn't do well on the rats. Yeah, the website goes back to Bill, and Bill got the report and just couldn't. And that's couldn't. why I didn't get drafted. <laughs> yeah, because um, you finally uses the rats. Yeah, why. yeah. He he decides to look at the analytics. Um, Cole Strange, I think, was seventh out of like twenty five hundred interior offensive linemen in the last like 20 or 30 years since they've been doing the score. So I'm not a huge one for analytics, but if you're going to use that as an indicator, that's a pretty damn good indicator, including him being amazing at the senior bowl. So I've warmed up to the pick. Um, I've warmed up to the Patriots draft in general, especially with some of the free agents that they've added. So I do have to eat my words from last night before we wrap up. Sure. I need music for it. Because I hate eating my words, as you know. But I got called out in the comments by a Buffalo Bills fan. I can't remember what his name was, but called me out. And I think he was right. And I made a comment last night that Josh Allen is elevated by his receivers and that Patrick Mahomes elevates his receivers. There's no proof that either of them elevate the players around. There's no proof that the weapons elevate them. So I apologize. You're right. I shouldn't have said it. I guess my only argument would be Sammy Watkins, who has only looked like a dominant receiver with the Kansas City Chiefs, with Patrick Mahomes. Um, You're right. Patrick Mahomes has been fantastic, throwing to fantastic receivers. And Josh Allen became Josh Allen when he got Stephon Diggs. So... Either they both elevate guys or they're both elevated by the guys. You're right. I don't know. And I shouldn't have made the assumption that that's what happened. So I'll eat my words on that. I know you were laughing because I think you felt like I was being sarcastic, but I was being sincere in that apology. Oh, very or, sincere. Or I was. I thought if you were going to throw an Andy Reid system line in there, too. Oh, the EP system? No, no, no. No, I read the comment, and I don't read many, but I I read that comment, and originally I thought he misheard me, because I was talking about, that's when we were talking about MVPs last night, and I thought, well, I was talking about the narrative, but I didn't talk about a narrative, I said it, it was my narrative, and it was unfair, so I wanted to just check in and say, you're right, and I apologize, and... um, so, guys, I, I do. When I'm wrong, I will admit it, and I was wrong. I shouldn't have come up with that narrative last night. However, I'm not going to say that both of them elevate the receivers. I'm going to say we don't. there's no proof that either of them elevate receivers. There's no proof that either of them are elevated by their receivers. What we do know is, is Tyree Kill, or Tyree Kill, Patrick Mahomes has always had Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey to throw to. People question Josh Allen. He got Stephon Diggs, and he turned into Josh Allen. Dawson Knox has been an okay tight end who became a star last year. And Sammy Watkins, who had no success in Buffalo, no success in Baltimore last season, was a star in Kansas City. So they both kind of elevated a couple guys. They both were elevated by others, so I apologize for that. And, guys, that's it for the Dear Pats Nation podcast. Uh, Make sure you go to rayroute.com. Make sure that you go to deanblendell.com and uh, get some merch. Just do it. Like, don't even think about it. Just go to the store. The link's in the description. I know you want it. You're sitting there like, yeah, dude, give me some merch. We'll go get it. Look, check it out. Check it out. Check it out. 
I'm digging this music way more than I was digging the, the chill yeah. music. Yeah. We got the legit stuff. We got the traditional Deer Patch Nation gear. Where is it? There it is. The traditional Deer Patch Nation gear, the hoodie, the t-shirt. We got the graffiti, Toronto skyline, and uh, our limited jersey. You think your draft was strange. That comes in one, two, three, four, five colors. You think your draft was strange. Go to it. Link in the description. DPN sport, dpn-sports-talk.creator-spring.com backslash listing whatever just go look it up you'll have fun you'll enjoy it. or go to rayroute.com go to our store click on anything there it'll bring you to our merch store and you can pick out other stuff i'll That's post pr- the link directly to that too on twitter today how about that after perfect. the show perfect that's producer mike I'm Ray Route. This is the Dear Pats Nation podcast. RayRoute.com, Dean Blundell Network, DeanBlundell.com. You're all legit, kid. the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.